Welcome to Adventures of Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. I'm Kate. And first of all, we should say it is very warm. We have the windows open, so you might be able to hear some music. We have a fan going, but uh, summer went away, and now it's back again, I think, in the UK. Yeah, which, I mean, I really like the summer. Um, I used to, uh, or in the past, have had lots of headaches when it gets too hot but that seems to be all fine this year so that's really nice so I'm enjoying the summer but um, yeah we just apologise if it means that uh, the people having the barbecue just down the road and our fan uh, mean it's a little noisy in the background we'll do our best to get rid of any background noise but yes just to warn you there may be a little bit of that so two things that caught my eye this week in the book world uh, I think it was a maybe cover reveals, but certainly people were talking about it. Um, one of them which I'm more familiar with, and one which I know pretty much nothing about, which hopefully Kate mm-hmm. can help me out with. I'll do my best. Uh, but I think it was the cover was revealed for the new Dan Brown book, Origin. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a bit of a hate-hate relationship with Dan Brown. Uh, I've read The Da Vinci Code, I think you have. Yeah, I quite um, enjoyed it, actually. I gave up on The Lost Symbol. I have not read that. I read Inferno. Mm-hmm. And I've not read Angels and Demons. See, I've read The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. Um, I was just quite intrigued by the premise. And, I mean, they're very quick, easy reads. Um, but as I think we've probably established, I like stories that have an adventure in them. And this definitely does. Um, it's got um, quite a fun, good guy who's, I mean, not quite Indiana Jones, obviously, but... I think he'd like to be. You know, but yeah, he'd like to be Indiana Jones. Um, and it's got, you know, these sort of very creepy bad guys who are all these sort of strange uh, religious extremist types um, that are also linked with big business and so on. So it's just it's just quite a fun, exciting premise. One person trying to find something before the other lot do, basically. Very true. I think I think the problem I sometimes have is there is a lot of scenes of a man standing around explaining things to a woman. Yes, uh, that is a fair point. You do come out of it knowing, or, well, I think knowing a bit more. I'm not sure where. Or, fact or at least you feel you do, and it is. You know, at least the Da Vinci Code, anyway, um, has got quite an interesting um, sort of premise that, uh, well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it because obviously that's one of the big things in the book. But, you know, there was loads of controversy when it was actually published. um, And then it also sort of crosses over with um, one of the books that Umberto Eco writes as well called Foucault's Pendulum, which is um, not the same story, but has elements of the same, um, like, context to it basically um but and is equally exciting but um kind of much more literary um and then also i think kate moss her history books her uh that are set in the south of france longer ago um labyrinth is one um i forget the name of the other one that's like a similar time but they have quite a similar um, sort of ideas behind them as well this sort of group of heretics in the south mm. of France and, and so on um, but yeah I just thought it was really fun um, I mean it's totally like a sort of airport read yeah I've but, met, I don't know. spend long reading them no and I mean no. this is one of the reasons why um, the Da Vinci Code is one of the most donated books to charity shops mm. because it's the kind of thing you read once it's good fun and then you give it away 
it's not. I doubt it's the kind of thing that sticks with you for a long time. Uh, what caught my eye about this one was, and it looks like Transworld have forgotten to upload the jacket to the hardback. Oh, no. If you go to the Kindle Awkward. one, uh, oh, yeah. Robert Langdon heads to Barcelona. Does that look familiar? This is now me pointing at the jacket. Yeah. That looks to me like he's heading to the Sagrada Familia. Yeah, yeah the Sagrada Familia, yeah, yeah. Um, which is right in the middle of the um, book jacket. And then there's also a spiral staircase that's going around the O of Origin, which looks to me a bit like DNA or something like that. Well, it's called Origin, so I'm guessing... Yeah. Uh, now, I'm just trying to get the synopsis, but yeah, they head off to Barcelona... So they arrive at the Guggenheim Museum Bilbao, which is not technically in Barcelona, but not far off, to attend the unveiling of a discovery that will, in inverted uh, commas, change the face of science forever. Uh, the evening's host is his friend and former student Edmund Kirsch, a 40-year-old tech magnate whose dazzling inventions and audacious predictions have made him a controversial figure around the world. This evening is to be no exception. He claims he will reveal an astonishing scientific breakthrough to challenge the fundamentals of human existence. But, Kate, but <laughs> Langdon and several hundred other guests are left reeling when the meticulously orchestrated evening is blown apart before Kirsch's precious discovery can be revealed. With his life under threat, Langdon is forced into a desperate bid to escape. Again, that's mm-hmm. me adding that bit. Along with the museum's director, Ambro Vidal. Together they flee to Barcelona on a perilous quest to locate the cryptic password that will unlock Kirsch's secret. If I was Landon, I wouldn't really go anywhere. This is his fifth fifth time round. Maybe he enjoys it though. Yeah, he does. You know, being on the on the lamb with an attractive woman trying to solve yeah. a, a cryptic puzzle. Um, in their path lie dark forces which will do anything to stop them. To evade a tormented enemy who is one step ahead of them at every turn, Langdon and Vidal must n- uh, navigate labyrinthine passageways of hidden history and, and ancient religion on a trail marked only by enigmatic symbols and elusive modern art. Or at least it's modern art, so that's a change, I suppose. Um, Langdon and Vidal uncover the clues that will bring them face-to-face with a world-shaking truth that has remained buried <laughs> until now. Well, I do hope it reveals what, what happened at the end of Inferno, because I can't really say what happens. There's something quite large... Uh, and bad happens at the end of it, which made me think it was going to be the end. But, um, mm. yeah, you know what? I'm still going to read this. I mean, I this I haven't a- read the two after Angels and Demons. And I was slightly put off because they were more science-y. Whereas the reason that I'd enjoyed The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons is because they were much more sort of historical and to do with, you know, uncovering supposed religious things Mm. or things based in art like agents and demons is all um in italy and has lots of renaissance art and things like that which really appealed to me but i mean i guess to be honest it's sort of transposing the same formula but just into different situations yeah so if i enjoyed the first two i'll probably enjoy these well i wouldn't i mean i gave up on lost symbol and also they skipped making that one as a film oh yeah they did uh, didn't they and also i think they changed the ending completely of inferno in the film It'll be on telly soon, so we'll just have yeah. to watch it with a bottle of wine. If you've not seen Angels and Demons, by the way, that's got an extraordinary um, extraordinary turn from um, Ewan McGregor. So. As a helicopter pilot priest, isn't he, or something? Um, well, mainly as a priest. Right. But it's just, yeah, it's quite extraordinary, actually. One of his finest works. <laughs> but no, this one caught my eye because I'm slightly tempted, and also the, the, the jacket is it's a place where we've been. Um, yeah, it is. I think that's why I liked... Um, 
that's why I like the first two because I'd had been to Paris. I, you know, I've been to Italy. I've been to Florence and various of the places that he goes to. So yeah, yeah, it was quite exciting actually. And in no way do I want to put this in anywhere near Carlos Ruiz Zafon in comparison. <laughs> but we enjoyed that because well, we enjoyed Barcelona actually more after we'd read the book. Yeah. Whereas we'll have been to Barcelona and then we'll have read this book. But yeah, yeah. it's always fun reading about the places where you've been. It is, yes. So moving swiftly along, there was also another book jacket reveal. Now this one, I Kate can tell me lots about. Do you want to talk about this one? Um, yeah, so uh, the other book jacket that was revealed today, um, which I believe they've managed to get this on all the editions, um, she says, yes, they have, um, is the book cover for the first volume of The Book of Dust by Philip Pullman. So um, Philip Pullman, um, quite a long time ago now, um, wrote and published Northern Lights, which was a Carnegie Medal winner, you know, I think won other awards as well, but hugely, hugely popular. And that was the first volume of his Dark Materials. And these are pretty chunky books um so there's northern lights um the subtle knife and then the amber spyglass and those are the three uh, installments of that and he has written a couple of other things with the same characters that are just like short little kind of gift book almost type uh books like little tiny hardbacks uh, but those three books have been so, so influential for so many people. I read them when they were first, when each one was first published. Um, my mum bought me the hardback of the first one. And then because I loved that so much, she bought me uh, the other two in the series as they arrived. I think maybe for birthday presents or Christmas presents or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but I absolutely loved them. Um, people have said they're quite challenging reads, but I think they're just really interesting. And, you know, they do have a big adventure at their heart, um, but they also cover, not dissimilarly to Dan Brown, actually, um, kind of religion and philosophy and mm. history and art and, and things like that, but just in a very different way. So you haven't read these, have you? No, and I have had, I do have the large, chunky hardback of them with like um, compiled yeah together. i keep thinking that i need to sort of sit down and it's like a christmas read but um this is this new one then is a prequel um or not exactly parallel so or yeah it, it is it overlaps with um the main character from northern lights lyra being born so at the beginning of the book of dust um baby lyra is there mm. Um, but it's about other characters in that same world and it overlaps with Lyra's story, basically. Okay, yes. So um, in Northern Lights, Lyra is the main character and she is the daughter of uh, effectively like a nobleman, um, but he's also an academic. And um, she grows up like until she's like 12 or 13 um, in this house in the countryside um, where we understand that she's been hidden for some reason by her father. And then she goes to live um, at Jordan College, which in this book is at Oxford College. And 
um, it's kind of our world, but also kind of not. So you can sort of recognise some of the names of the places, um, but they're just sort of a little bit different. And then also the main difference about Northern Lights world compared to our world is that people have... Uh, like a a sort of spirit, an animal spirit, except it's not a spirit, it's actually part of your own personality. And that's shown in the real world by um, a little animal that will follow you around and is like your permanent pet, um, but also kind of gives you advice and um, helps you think about things. Um, So it's like being able to have a conversation with yourself to organise your thoughts about something. Oh, yeah. Well, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, And then while you're a child, in inverted commas, um, your demon will change shape and size and so on and, like, change into different animals which reflect your mood. Mm Mm-hmm. But then when you get to a certain point, um, you know, probably when you're a teenager at some point and you sort of become essentially who you're going to be for the rest of your life your demon starts to just stay in the same form yeah right so adults all have these demons these animals but they they've picked one animal and that's what they stay as Mm. so it, it kind of shows where you're going from um you know child to adult and there's also um this sort of storyline about people trying to take them away um and people trying to find out what they actually are and if they are in some way your soul okay yeah um so you know if you didn't if you were to not have a demon would that mean you were sort of free from having a so you could just be a person you would just make your own choices you know rather than having like this sort of conscience on your shoulder or whatever right. i paused so then because i thought why would why would taking away your demon be a good thing be free but yeah i see what you mean yeah so you could just make your choices you wouldn't have anything second guessing you or trying to give you advice or mm, you know yeah, whatever yeah. um so there's that that sort of idea as well and dust in the northern lights is this idea that as you get older you have more dust in inverted commas which is um, like a physical manifestation of something, power. So, but again, people have sort of, people in this world have attributed it like a kind of religious connotation. Mm. Like maybe as you get older, the reason you have more of this stuff that you can't see with the naked eye falling on you or around you is because it's like sin. Right, okay. So there's, um, you know, the, the concepts of sin and conscience and all these sort of things are familiar concepts, but in Lyra's world, they have these sort of physical aspects to them. Mm. So again, people have sort of said, maybe if you get rid of someone's demon, then they won't have all this dust around them and so on. Yeah. So there's, you know, like similarly to in our world where people have these different religions and beliefs about if you behave a certain way, that's better or worse. It's the same in her world, mm. but it's just linked to things you can actually see or measure. Mm. Is this 
going to be this year's sort of cursed child event? Everyone's looking forward to this one. Um, I think it probably will be, to be honest. I'm so excited for it. Um, and I trust that Philip Pullman is a good enough writer that it won't be a letdown. I've read other things that he's written in between Northern Lights and um, and this. So, like, either things that he'd written beforehand or he also wrote a, a sort of book about uh, Jesus... Um, and Judas, which sort of flipped those ideas on their heads, um, but that and that was for adults, and that was really interesting and sort of quite witty and satirical. Um, but I mean, he's just such a great writer. I really think they're going to be very, very good, and I'm sure people, loads of people, would have pre-ordered them. I need to pre-order mine actually, because <laughs> um, I would like, I would like one straight away. Um, so yeah, people are going to get their orders in. I. I can't wait for mine to arrive. I will be, it will be like for Harry Potter where people, they arrived and they sat and just read them all weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm tempted to take the Friday off so that I can read the book because it, obviously it comes out on a Thursday. So, yeah. Well, yes, uh, they're, they're both out in October. So that'll be a busy month. Mm. Well, I mean, October is the traditional month, as I have learned, for things to be published when you want them to be big at Christmas. Yeah. Because a lot of people will get them straight away who are the big fans, but then they're also there and in, in people's consciousness to buy them for people for Christmas presents. Mm. So, good plan. So, should we finish up what are we reading at the moment? Okay, what are you reading? I am reading uh, my very first ever Malcolm Gladwell. I'm reading some non-fiction, and this is The Outliers. Uh, in case we didn't know, there are other podcasts out there, uh, and one of them is uh, Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell, which is on its second series now. This is where he takes a look at sort of um, strange sort of situations. Um, the last one he did was he hates golf, so he started investigating um, some of the golf courses in the States, in particular how they came to this arrangement where why are all these private golf courses in the middle of New York they're only open to members. Why can't members of the public go onto them? And it's, it sounds a bit dry, but it's actually really funny and really quite fascinating about this elaborate tax dodge that took place, mm. so that they can't um, they can't be built on and they can't be opened up to the public. And it's sort of quirky little stories, sort of like that. But um, it got me to to start reading some of his work. He's a regular in the New Yorker. But the Outliers is where it's nonfiction, and he takes a look at very successful people. And he tries to work out uh, how they got there. So you might have heard the theory that if you put 10,000 hours into something, you can become an expert. Mm -hmm. and he sort of looks at that. But it sort of start, It does sort of weird, quirky facts. So he started looking at the Canadian hockey team, and he realised that almost all the players were born in January. Mm. And it starts to sort of deconstruct why, um, yes, you are. You, you might be naturally talented, but also... And there needs to be contributing factors along the way that helps you get there. Mm -hmm. So, and it's like an interesting question. Like, it's all very well having a class of, t uh, of children who have all got incredibly high IQs, but then you just, but then how does that one individual stand out amongst all of them? So it's sort of, it's it's quite fun. It's lots of little. It's good for dinner table stories, little stories that you can spring out on people. Uh, I'm about a third of the way through. It's very easy to read. Very funny. I'm learning quite a lot. And this, at the moment, this is my sort of tube read that I can dip in and out of at the moment. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's quite fun. Um, he's done other ones uh, called Blink, which is about how... Oh, that's very... Yeah. ...you make 
snap decisions. There's another one called the tipping point, which is where where do things tip over into sort of mainstream success, uh, widespread mm. acceptance. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it, and I'd recommend this podcast as well. Cool. Um, I am still reading Shelter by Sarah Flank- Franklin, which uh, I mentioned last time, which is about uh, the woman, Connie, who's gone from kind of bond- bombed out Coventry to be a lumberjill in the Forest of Dean. And uh, but she's also sort of running away from her past a little bit, um, and this is set in World War Two. And then also there's um, Sepe, short for Giuseppe, who is a prisoner of war, um, Italian prisoner of war, um, and the camp that he has been sent to is in the Forest of Dean, and it's sort of you know he's got a backstory as well um, from his life in Italy. And it's sort of how those two lives intersect, basically, which I'm really, really enjoying at the moment. But I don't really want to say that much more because I don't want to spoil it um, because there's lots of reveals about their past and so on. So, um, But I would say do give it a go. It's not out yet. Um, it is out. One second. Uh, the 27th of July. So... Um, yeah, not very long to wait, but I'd, I'd really recommend that. I'm re- that's a very enjoyable um, sort of summer read, um, good for your, uh, you know, good for your beach towel on the sand. Uh, but I just wanted to mention a couple of the things that um, have been sent lately um, because they look really fun. I just haven't quite gotten around to them yet. Um, so uh, Becca at Headline very kindly sent me The Mother's Shadow by Nicholas Scott, which is, looks like a sort of fun family mystery. Um OUP um, Oxford have sent me some really sweet uh, children's books I haven't quite got round to yet but they look really fun Um, one called The Accidental Billionaire and another one called The Stunt Double Um, and uh, that's by Tasman Cook and The Accidental Billionaire is by Tom McLaughlin and they both look super sweet um, sort of for about six to ten year olds Um, so I'll have a read of those at some point very soon and let you know what I think Um, And I also wanted to say congratulations to Ruth Ware. Her third book, uh, The Lion Game, is out in hardback in the UK at the moment. But she just got um, a New York Times number one bestseller with the paperback of her second book, The Woman in Cabin 10. Which is pretty good. Um, And if you've not read Ruth Ware... Um, you can, they're not um, like the same characters, it's not a series, so you can start with any of them. So her first one was called In a Dark, Dark Wood. But they're these really um, sort of fun, creepy uh, mysteries that have female leads and it's, they're not, they don't really have a kind of romantic element to them. Um, but there's lots about um, sort of female friendships, be they supportive or otherwise, um, and yeah, they're they're very creepy and fun, and I I kind of likened it a bit to like a grown up point horror because they've got that same compelling nature to them. Um, yeah, you just don't want to stop reading, I think. So, well, yeah, congratulations, Ruth Ware. Well, on that shameless plug. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's all for this week. If you'd like to follow what I'm up to during the week, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Letterboxd at Rob Chilver. And uh, you can follow me during the week, mainly on Twitter and Instagram, but possibly um, maybe on Goodreads as well, um, at magic underscore kitten. 
And we've done this the different way around, but you can send us an email, contact adventurethewords.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Word Adventures. We're also on Facebook. And you can head over to adventurethewords.com. You can leave us a voicemail or a comment under any of these blogs. Okay. See you next week. 